0: you so much for joining me for episode 77 of the adventure games podcast i hope everybody is doing well in this rather crazy year we're having and this week i am joined by Kuhn from crookin studios and i'm sure i butchered that name so apologies to Kuhn. and he is the developer the lead developer of deliver us the moon and this game was originally released last year on pc it was then re-released on steam then a few about a year later with uh full ending and back in april of 2020 it has since then been released on xbox and playstation so he joined me to talk about the very interesting development of the game and the game itself and the many topics the game includes so uh, first of all, here is a trailer for the game, followed by my interviews, so please enjoy. Assembling Section 3C now. Copy
1: that. Do you think we'll finish construction anytime soon? Uh, the council claiming more supplies each week? I doubt it. I'm surprised we got
0: this past MacArthur in the first place.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: Hey, listen, I'm getting strange readings here from the lunar surface. Are you seeing anything? Just wrapping up. What
1: the hell? All oh, The lights are shutting down. Are you alright, both? What just happened? I can't see a thing. Everything is dark out here. We lost power from the MPT. The whole station is down. Can you find your way back
0: to the airlock? Negative. I don't have a visual. Right. I'm sending Alex to block the airlock doors. Do you see him? I see his flashlight. What's your ETA? Make it faster. What's the ETA? You'll be locked up. Uh, no. No. This week I am joined by Cohen Dietzman from Kilken Studios, and I probably butchered all of those names, I do apologize, but <laughs> uh, we are here to talk about your latest game, Deliver Us to Moon, which has just been released on consoles, so hello, well I'm going to keep calling you Cohen, hello Cohen, how are you?
1: <laughs> Hi, <laughs> Hey, thank you for having me on, uh, on the podcast man.
0: No worries, thank you, I'm um, really looking forward to chatting with you, to hearing more about your game. Uh, because I've been really curious to know more since I first heard about it. So, uh, before we start talking about your game, I was wondering if you could introduce yourself. Uh, I mean, you can probably give the correct pronunciation of your name, better than me at least. <laughs> and let us know what your favorite narrative or adventure games are.
1: Uh, so, uh, my name is Cohen Diebmann. I am the CEO and also game director at Keokin Interactive. Um And we, of course, released recently uh, Deliver Us the Moon, uh, especially on console. And um, my favorite adventure games, um, I would say uh, the one that I really waited on uh, for like months, like I counted the days, was um, I started very early in gaming. Like uh, I played even the first Wolfensteins and stuff, but... I have to say, Assassin's Creed, the franchise, kind of gripped me in a way where how they kind of used the history and molded it into this kind of science fiction type of, I don't know, it was, for me, it was memorable, like the first steps into that game. Uh, So I would say the Assassin's Creed franchise, especially the first, uh, is something that comes to mind immediately if it comes to adventure games.
0: The first one, yeah, because... I mean, a lot of people say that the second one would probably be, but um, not a fir- I haven't played any of them, by the way. So, um, but what was it about the first one that you particularly liked?
1: Well, yeah, but like you said, there's uh, to me there are two types of Assassin's Creed gamers, and that's the one who likes Black Flag and the one who likes mm-hmm. the original. And I am the original camp, <laughs> so um, I would say. It is something with um, uh, the 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 eerie feeling of of being hidden in the crowds, and and you're super powerful by being able to climb everything. Something that's outrageous for anyone on the ground, you know. I mean, who's gonna climb a, I don't know, ten foot story building? I mean, um, without any safety. So that that kind of had this whole feeling of of of. Yeah, possibilities for me. And when you do like sit on these ledges and you can look down and you feel like, Hey, you're, you need to sniff out someone bad and try to kind of, uh, solve that, uh, issue, uh, to make a better world. Somehow it, it just resonated with me. So, um, that's why I started to play, uh, Assassin's Creed one, um, that I would say widely is seen as more like a tech demo of what eventually evolved from it but to me it still was like if you were already walking the streets or sitting on those towers was already sometimes enough to uh to get the whole experience and the believability of their world
0: right yes and, and good thing they have the haystacks to. Uh, <laughs> yeah yeah home, yeah but I, <laughs> I wouldn't recommend trying that at home just no in case. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah no, you're you are right it, it was a fascinating concept and as, as you mentioned just to yeah, it's a time period I love as well myself. And just to be able to go at uh, the mixture of science and history as well and the to just you know be hidden in plain sight in the crowds as well. It's uh, it's a fascinating concept. And yep. it's um yeah, there's been a there's been a lot of, of those games <laughs> re- recently. And yep. um and, and have you seen the movie as well? With Michael I Fassbender? Did, yeah.
1: I did. Um Yeah, what happens in movies is always that they, of course, take it their own way. And Mm. um, I'm not really I don't know. I wasn't really sold entirely. Um, It's yeah, I I, I did like that it was produced this highly, like especially with Michael Mm. Fassbender, meaning it wasn't uh, being taken as a joke, you know, like it's like we're seriously going to try this. Um, It was okay, I, I, I say,
0: I think. Yeah, I think their intentions were good. That they yeah. tried, that it wasn't like a, a Huey Bull movie, oh, yeah. just that it was going to be a really bad movie. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, unfortunately, I think, as you mentioned, there were issues with the film, but I think their intentions were good and you yeah. can give, but I think with something like Assassin's Creed, there's so much in it. You know, there's so much story and just, you know, and I think you lose as well with, the, um, the, the, the mechanics as well, which I think is yeah. an issue with a lot of uh, movie adaptations of games. But yeah. um, no, but we'll see. No, as, as you say, you know, it is a, it is a fascinating you know concept, and they have books as well, which I've read. I've not played the games. I've just seen playthroughs because the, the games are so huge, and I don't know when I get the time to play them. But yeah, um, but no, they're they're definitely you know you know really really interesting. And yeah, I, I I look forward to. When they're, you know, going to announce the, a new one, but I'm always more interested in the historical yeah. part than in the modern era. Like I, I don't really care about the modern area. Like with, <laughs> um, I don't know what your opinion is. Before we move on to your game.
1: <laughs> now, well, um, with the Assassin's Creed series, it's, uh, it's a very interesting, uh, road because they uh, literally just announced. I think it was two days ago. Uh, their newest take into the series and it's called Valhalla. It's it's about a uh, Nordic uh, part. It's you're you're literally playing a Viking. And the problem is, you know, what I always found fascinating about these games is, especially also in the second part of Assassin's Creed, there's like a trailer where you see like the regular day life in Renaissance. Uh, people are going to a ball and at some point someone gets just murdered out of the blue and you see the assassin hidden behind him and suddenly he runs off. And the whole mystery behind it is so strong. That's that's the whole reason I was playing the, uh, Assassin's Creed. And the, the fact that they now so vividly show the assassin or who you are, uh, and that's in the newest trailer, they, there is like a moment where you see like a... A, a, a hidden kind of mass mass and, and hooded figure under a tree in the newest one. And I was like, yes, that's the one I want to be. Who is that? And then suddenly this Viking snaps out his hidden blade. And i was like, Oh no. So that's the assassin. And I was like, no, I, I want to go back to that mystery part. You know, who is the assassin? I want to know more about that, but not reveal him so early. And that f- kind of like did not do it anymore for me in the series. So Although I, I really love their, their whole take and how it looks. And, but the fact that the assassin is so clear now, like, oh, it's this, this bearded guy. And I, yeah, I'm like, I don't want to play a new For Honor in that sense. I want to play Assassin's Creed.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs> well, they, I, I mean, maybe Ubisoft will come to you guys. And you never know. <laughs> um, I mean, I'd be very, very curious. It's, uh, be, Uh, to see but yeah i didn't know that it was officially announced i have to check it out it's uh you know i think
1: they just made a choice like which which camp is the one we really go for and Mm. really a lot of people loved black flag and uh it was more of a pirate and it was very Mm. clear who you were honestly i think that's just the the road they took and yeah good to them because there was a huge um yeah target audience for that so but yeah, that lost me a little bit in the process, although I still, I think I still love those games, but <laughs> I don't know. Well, I, I just want to be that mysterious person, I think.
0: Yes. No, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, as, as someone who's never played the games, but who's watched them, I would agree that there was something about the earlier games yeah. was a you know, mystery behind it. Because I think the trailers of the earlier games were absolutely fantastic when yeah. uh, you see everyone... You know, around a table. I think for Assassin's Creed 2 and then someone goes around killing them, and you don't yeah. know who it is. So I think uh,
1: the one of the best they ever done uh, that is is I think you can do a better trailer than that is the Flying Eagle in mm. Assassin's Creed Unity. Uh, that's the I think the fifth installment even, but that's the one in Paris. And yes, that whole trailer, like where the song is hitting you and where. It just the piano is 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 hitting without the the battle sounds. It's absolutely phenomenal. That's for me a session street, but yeah, but they're just very good at trailers. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, no, I'd absolutely, I, I agree. But I have to check out uh, you know the trailer now just to uh, just just to check that out to see you know because I'm very, I thought it was just kind of rumors, but no, fishman announcement is it's really yeah. good. So. Um, well, anyway, we could spend an hour talking about Assassin's <laughs> yeah. Creed, but I think we should probably talk about your game at some yeah. point. <laughs> so first of all, you said that you you started early in game development. When did you uh, start and what made you want to work in game development then?
1: Well, uh, the thing is, I, uh, I think it's my dad who introduced me to um, very early games on a I think of one of the first Macs uh, uh in the in the 90s and I I just I just played around with like uh I, I think I remember it was called Doctor Paint it was just a painting program I I even played Lichter suit Larry that wasn't allowed to because I was way too young uh didn't understand anything of the story but I was able to run it on my on the on the floppy drives that were still then Um, there's a
0: story to it (laughs) apparently
1: uh something but (laughs) but the the fact that it um i kind of was raised a little bit with the freedom to do games so of course the early tomb raiders um and uh doom everything i just tried and played and it's it's literally my dad currently says well it was mainly because you seemed to um uh, be able to run those things without me knowing how you did it and uh i was like really and to me it made is common sense that you just started stuff up on a computer uh, i wasn't necessarily a programmer uh, but i really loved to play those games and eventually this turned into a um esports career it's it's actually funny i played a lot of soldier of fortune 2 uh more like a that was the time uh, where counter-strike was very popular but I took the, the, the yeah the game with the, the smaller community in that sense, but uh, I wanted to be the number one in or create a clan and try to get to the number one spot in the international rankings that was back then uh, on clan base. That's like an old yeah yeah relic from before everything what we have right now, like ESL and all the in the internal contests and and rankings, but. Um, and, and I eventually four years later, it, I, I made that happen. So I made a capture the flag five on five, I was number one. And I all did that under the name uh Ken. And um, I from that point when and I was around, I, I played that from 13th to 18th, I think, I, I wanted to of course, do something uh, with this industry still. So I started to look around. I, I just had a job after high school. But eventually, I found this whole way of, of getting into the industry other than being a gamer or being an esports uh, player. And that resulted in doing a, um, a study that was uh, kind of piloting. So, the, this was mainly computer science, uh, but they had like a study part where you could uh, have your end uh, or, or like kind of division where you, you finished your, uh, your study. Called game development. So I thought, like, what's the fastest route uh, 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 into this industry? And um, after, of course, this was a four-four year study. But after two years, I already started to establish some contacts and kind of wanted to work there already. And I was already fed up with school, but um, eventually finished it. So uh, and I did a lot of projects, and I think I I can thank them for the amount of projects I. Was able to do and fail uh, or uh, do experience with because after that I immediately started uh, my company actually. Yeah, So
0: this was uh, so I started a company then in 2013. I read yeah. that around there. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. So wow, no, that that that's great. And then you you made. So, the game then Deliver Us the Moon, which as I told you before recording that when I, I found out about the game when I was googling uh adventure game set on the moon <laughs> 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 which I think is could describe your game perfectly from what I read it yeah. at least. It was ju- last summer during the forty year anniversary of the moon landing that so I thought, Oh wow and because I I was like, I want to, you know, be an astronaut in an, in a game. I did an adventure game. And the, one of the features of your game you have is be an astronaut. So I oh, said, yeah. yep, <laughs> this, this game seems like it's perfect for me. That's exactly what I'm looking for. So do you have um, much interest in in space then yourself? Uh, or wh- why do you decide to set your game on the moon? Do you have a particular interest in this?
1: Yeah, it's the weird thing is at the first uh, moments because this started from the kitchen table, literally with my brother. um, Yeah, kind of like stealing my sister's whiteboard, small whiteboard in her room, and thinking about like how do we make a game company? And um, I remember sitting us at the kitchen table, thinking about okay, so we have nothing. So where do we start? We start with a concept, and at first it started with kind of like a horror game concept, and this was nowhere near Deliver Us the Moon yet, uh, but we um, had some friends that worked with us, so we had a good friend who was doing programming who was willing to help us out. Uh, we had so, an artist that we found uh, that was doing, uh, wanting to do an internship, and after, I would say, a year of, of development on that game, and it was called Horint back then, it's a really strange horror game psychological horror game i i we made it in an older engine and we saw like not really us debuted with this so at some point i i we had some people around us and i I asked the teams like hey do we do we really want to continue this or do we want to make something else and uh, especially we weren't happy with the engine back then and i said like we saw a real engine four came around the corner, like the first principles of that newer engine, and I said, "Like, hey, is that an engine that actually takes us seriously? And can we do something with this?" And my programmers easily said, "Like, Kuhn, uh, this is this. We should take this uh, route because this seems to be more um, getting what we want." And uh, at that point, we were kind of fed up with the horror game, and it wasn't really working out for us. So we said, "Let's start fresh. Let's take a new concept." And one of my kind of dreams, the same with the, as my brother, is that we do a sci-fi game, a proper sci-fi game, and maybe even more hard sci-fi. So, um, and that maybe has everything to do with my granddad because he made. Uh, the, so this is the father of my father. He made. Uh, huge, like large telescopes uh, when he was uh, in his younger years and and even on a later stage. So he even ordered like big mirrors and lenses from the US and made sure that, uh, yeah, he crafted his own telescopes. And that's where I first saw the moon up close. So I think um, after we were looking for a concept, my brother pitched the, the, the game Moon Man to me. And he said, like, we, we should make a game about the moon. And I was like, yeah, I I, I agree. So that's how that started. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, great, yeah. It's, um, I mean, I've always been fascinated by the moon myself. And um, recently is, I was listening to a podcast called uh, 13 Minutes to the Moon. It was about the 1963 moon landing. And actually it was, I mean, it was interesting anyway, but it was actually way more fascinating than I thought and way more dangerous Than I thought, because they very nearly didn't make it and they very nearly didn't survive. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. it's and it was, you know, it was absolutely fascinating. And uh, also a colleague of mine, he, you know, he's really big into astronomy as well. He was telling me about the different theories on how the moon formed as well. And uh, again, I had no idea. Which, (laughs) yeah, um, so, so, yes, so you had this game that is set on the moon, then, so it was a hard sci fi. Did did it turn out to be more hard sci sci fi, or is it horror as well? Do you keep any horror aspects in the game?
1: So, um, how we always like to pitch it right now is that Deliver Us to Moon is a sci fi thriller set in an apocalyptic near future, um, and and this is also where kind of my questions uh, came from a, to an environmental um perspective is like what if we would continue and i saw a documentary on the bbc i think on what if we would continue to use our resources this way in 50 years we would we would be able to deplete ourselves and i literally thought like what if that actually happened so deliver us the moon uh, the natural resources are depleted and um, that's why it's also really tough to launch anything from earth from that point so a lone astronaut is sent up to the moon uh, on this critical mission because uh, because this depletion they had like a uh, a system uh, of course you, you're going to look around and you're going to see like hey what's going to help us so the nearest celestial body is the moon and helium-3 is a very rich source of energy so we call it the MPT system that was set up. Although in Deliver us the moon you start by noticing that there's a huge blackout and something happened on the moon. So there's no energy coming from there anymore. Uh, and you're yeah, you, you're gonna shoot yourself towards the moon to find out what actually happened there.
0: Uh, sound safe, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do it all the time. Just shoot myself to the moon yep. with a homemade rocket. That <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what could possibly go wrong? It, no, this is you know. Speaking of uh, Assassin's Creed, you know, this is also a fascinating concept as well. You know, apart from the, uh, you know, playing on the moon, you have also, a, a, you know, sound like a really good story around it, and you know, the environmental aspect as well. And you mentioned to watch the documentary uh, did you do any other research uh, apart from you know look maybe looking at the window or or watching the news <laughs> <laughs> about yeah. um, you know, did you do any research about uh, environmental issues well
1: um we we first saw that uh it was it was we were trying to get like a message come over, but when you shoehorn it super hard, it's not really. Uh, doing the, the things you want. I want people to think about a situation like that. But um, what we did was, uh, because it is more of a realistic nature, we wanted to stick to certain science. And um, I would say that, for example, uh, there is a space elevator or a space station in the game that uh, is actually being researched as a maybe more... Um, I would say clean and and um, a cheap way to travel to space. Uh, and this, for uh, they are thinking about this from Earth, uh, but we did it on the Moon. So you travel to the Moon, and there is a space elevator, and you can go down. Um, also, uh, the the whole system, so microwave power transmission, something that can transfer energy wirelessly, is something that was researched by the Japanese. So. Uh, and that is possible in that way so we at some points we stick to reality and to actual science and sometimes we have to kind of let that go to also craft a enjoyable experience or more like a game
0: <laughs> right <laughs> yes i mean I, I i mean i believe even the, um you know movies and books do it as well that they kind of invent things as well because even in the, um, the martian which was originally, you know, it's a book and in a movie with Ridley Scott that the main character, well, Matt Damon (laughs) in the movie, that there's a storm on Mars and it keeps him there. And apparently, I read afterwards that it's not possible for there to be a storm on Mars because of the atmosphere. And Ridley Scott was asked about that. And he said they actually thought about, you know, whether to include it or not, you know, remove it. But then they thought... You know what? Let's just keep it. This is cool. (laughs) Yeah. And most people won't realize. And you know, also, if you're so invested in the story, I think people just probably won't care.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I I would say to a certain extent, it's, it's. um, I think the curse is if you are sticking to reality, then uh, a lot of questions are raised uh, along with with decisions you make, how the game turns out. Uh, We do have a story and a narrative you're traversing um uh when you play this game and um, to us it was also a, a a craft like a satisfying science fiction game and especially with some real world issues you know and and themes in there um conspiracy you know and 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 uh, you know we all trust for example our governments but what if they there aren't to be trusted and there's a lot in Deliver us the to moon that kind of um, yeah, it tells a story about that, and and just pictures a perspective. Like, what if something like this happened? Is this something to keep in mind? You know, and and I think that crafted a kind of a thrilling adventure.
0: <laughs> yeah, certainly got good reviews. Anyway, that's um, it's you know, it looks very authentic. And speaking of conspiracy so does that mean that this game was directed by stanley kubrick which is just <laughs> on a studio backlot that that's the moon that he doesn't go to the moon at all that's <laughs> it's, wow.
1: it's, it's funny because we uh, there we have made a lot of jokes about my name like calling it stanley or brick <laughs> but it's uh, yeah it, it it has some resembles there's even a really funny easter egg uh, in the game about Stanley Kubrick but I'm not gonna spoil it because it's really funny it's uh I it's when you see it you're like oh okay yeah I get it <laughs> yeah
0: oh I'll have to check it out maybe a camera left over or a mic. we boom. left it on the moon <laughs> we left it on the moon yeah. <laughs> or maybe he went to the moon that, that actually would not make any well not that conspiracy theories make sense anyway but <laughs> yeah <laughs> a <lot of> <laughs> but <laughs> probably makes just about as much sense as you know, these conspiracy theories. Um, yeah. But then, um, you know, talking about well, the research that, that you did and did, so it, it says as well that you, you have to suit up with space age tech. So is this, um? did you do any research on tech on this technology? Did you, uh, I don't know, if, did you work with NASA at all? Are they aware of this game at all? Or did you have to maybe invent something because this is a science fiction game? Uh, we, we, yeah, we have found
1: uh, or we tried many ways to come in contact with them. Uh, maybe the most interesting part is that um, in the um, marketing parts of the game and the early uh, early days of the Live Rush to Moon, I remember like getting all my money together and uh, getting us a booth at Gamescom in Germany. And, um, for that, because we, you know, we are, we are a small company. We had like a small booth, but when I was thinking about making the booth larger or at least trying to come up with innovative ideas, how to do that or how to kind of, um, yeah, jump in the picture of people's eye was that I uh, thought, like, we need to wear spacesuits. And what happened is that in the Netherlands, uh, you know, they, they we, we could, of course, try to get an astronaut suit, but it, they always uh, wear these blue spacesuits before they go onto a mission like this, and and even in the ISS. So when I thought about the Netherlands, we have, like, these farmers. They actually wear the same suits, but without the patches. So I said, like, w- why not just order a couple of suits at a farmer and get some patches made stick them up and at some point it just looks like if we are wearing a spacesuit from NASA or ESA and the f- funny fact is that when i was walking around on gamescom i was actually approached by an ESA na- astronaut and said like hey you're wearing actually our suit and i'm like no <laughs> i'm actually wow. wearing a farmer suit <laughs> but and that and and in some way we we established some contact with them and uh but and and st- we did find some um yeah attention to to detail in 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 asking them some questions about some things but um in in, in general i think we crafted more a story rather than a real astronaut simulator
0: right um oh no but that that's, that's great at least um you know the the suits from the Netherlands farmers look very authentic, like astronauts. So the, yeah, I love I love this image of farmers in the Netherlands looking like astronauts.
1: Yeah, it's, I can <laughs> I can even make it crazier because uh, we had a very successful Kickstarter campaign in 2016, um, and the the fun fact was is that we offered also this suit, of course with the patches in there, and I remember that we ha- actually had to order around a hundred of those. Uh suits and the farmer who we ordered them he said like what are you doing what is what operations are you running how many farmers are you actually having <laughs> we said like well they're actually astronaut suits and he was like oh wow that's that's strange <laughs> but it was super funny so um yeah eventually this guy ended up selling a lot of suits to us but not for farmers but more for cosplay in that sense <laughs>
0: Well, wow, I mean, I, now we can just picture all the farmers in the Netherlands wearing helmets as well to go with. Oh right? yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which would uh, you know be really cool. So, um, so then there's. Uh, by the way, are there? You mentioned that as well that uh you know there uh there's uh some topical issues like climate change and all of that. And are there any pandemics that occur in this game? <laughs> <laughs>
1: Um, uh, or not. <laughs> I would say uh, because uh, global warming in this case the the planet heated, so there's like the the uh, around the equator there is it's really tough to live there. So there's a lot of uh, dust storms and, and stuff happening. Uh, not a pandemic yet. Uh, I have to say very good material to write uh, something else on. <laughs> but uh, yeah, but it it, it does. Uh, there is definitely a crisis on earth and uh, and yeah, uh, that's something you are destined to solve uh, as an astronaut in the game.
0: Cool. well, hopefully he could uh, solve this crisis we're going through that would be nice. oh but, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but he should be safe enough with the helmet. I mean we're supposed to be wearing masks, but I think a helmet would also would also work enough for him he's he's safe enough and <laughs> yeah, he would <will> be safe. <laughs> with the gameplay of um, your game as well because one of the interesting things about your game is I see that it's both first and third person so I was wondering if you could talk to us about that so why did you decide to make it both first and third person and when do we play both first and third person without giving any spoilers of course
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um, it's a um, it was this this is a tough choice back then because we were I really love when you play a game to see the character and 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 making sure that if you would play an astronaut that you could see the astronauts. And the thing was, we we kind of gone for the third person experience, but then there was also parts where we wanted believable um, uh, gameplay, such as zero g, and and try to convey that experience in a way, and that also um resulted in uh, more intimate moments where you might want to just explore a room a little bit more on detail rather than from uh, f- afar so it kind of got us to do to use both um and i think the main uh decision was definitely when we decided to do the space station entirely in uh, a first person perspective uh and that kind of brought us to this yeah kind of hybrid in that sense so sometimes uh you can see for example you can really see the moon walk when you walk on the moon uh, as a third person character but you can feel the zero g and weightlessness in first person in a space station
0: right yeah i imagine it helps with the atmosphere as well as you mentioned yeah. that yeah you can also as you mentioned to see the astronaut that you are the astronaut but then you can see the astronaut as well and how you yeah know, he's suited up and everything and um and yeah and and then uh with I see as well that there is one of a it's just a, you have one companion I believe uh, in the game it's is it Ace A S E yeah what what can you tell us about this companion of yours to make sure it's not too lonely uh
1: well we of course we took a lot of inspiration from movies like uh Duncan Jones Moon or mm-hmm. 2001 and um Interstellar and. Uh, all of those movies kind of have this companion next to you. And in most of those movies, it's actually a speaking one and is rather abstract himself. So Hell 9000 or um, uh, Gertie in Moon. Uh, but uh, I kind of, of course, that's that's kind of a huge uh, step, especially when we started the game. We weren't necessarily thinking of voice acting yet. Uh, that really evolved as much as the ambition for, more in this game evolved uh but that resulted in a, a kind of like a trapped ai that might be smarter than he actually looks but he's not able to like express himself as much as he can right now so he only has his wings and flaps to kind of make you understand what he means uh and, and a non-speaking one also gives that more lonely feeling you know like how uh, um uh, Robinson Crusoe was also stranded and talking to a ball and stuff you know it's more like nice. it kind of has has that feeling and otherwise you might feel too much comfort in a speaking companion
0: right <laughs> no what well, i'm looking forward to to find that out um, and then there's i believe as well there's another tool called the astro tool um yeah. that correct as well yeah. and what, what can you tell us about this? What's the purpose of this tool, and how does it work? So, um,
1: since we are, yeah, pretty heavy on the environment, so we have a extremely talented level designer team. That these, yeah, these people, these guys, are so uh, well in executing in the graphics, and especially going together with the sound in the game, that we found it um, uh, almost like a waste if you would just bolts through them so we really wanted to make sure that people kind of could learn from their environment and what we uh, have is a scanning tool something that can scan uh, a couple of objects in uh, around you and it would tell you something about it so and the most things you find uh, that tell you something about the history or if it's audio logs or if it's uh, pieces of information uh, that are there they're all stored as like a yeah, uh, database uh, into your Astro tool, kind of like a tablet on your arm that you can, um, yeah, uh, look for if you want to read something back, but also can use for if you are stuck somewhere, it does always show you your direct mission. Um, so that's that's how that Astro tool kind of uh, evolved. It's kind of like the 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 regulator of the suit.
0: And, okay. uh, and yeah. <laughs> Okay, no, that again, I look forward to, to using that. that it's um, th- was that? Do you know if, um, something like this is, is used in, in real life, or is this an invention that was necessary for the, for the game and for the story? Um, funny
1: part is that when I saw some futuristic, uh, astronaut suit designs for, for example, the, the Mars colonization. Uh, by spaceX and, and 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 NASA I saw that they are actually wearing some type of tools on their wrist so it made me laugh that I I didn't necessarily invent that but it's more like we were thinking along the same lines so um, what I what I can see happen is that if you you know your your phone in your pocket right now can tell you a lot about your environment already. let's say if you have a suit and you are on a uh deserted place, something that's very alien or unknown for, to you, it can tell you a lot. So if that's like close to you on your wrist, for example, and it's included and it tells you about your oxygen and it tells you about everything about your spacesuit. Honestly, they astronauts even call spacesuits kind of mini spaceships themselves. Uh, that made yeah a lot of sense to me.
0: Yeah, def- definitely. I mean, I imagine it. Uh, you know as you mentioned other people in other futuristic movies had the same idea so it definitely yeah. seems logical <laughs> yeah and then speaking you mentioned the sound as well um you mentioned on the steam page that this the the soundtrack is inspired by you know sci-fi movies in in cinemas um so what what can you tell us about uh the music how did you go about composing the music uh so, the, who? Well, first of all, who was the composer, and how did you go about composing it?
1: Yeah, uh, the whole soundtrack, and it's—I think—it's already consisting out of 70-track album right now uh, wow. when we finished it. <laughs> and yeah, that's that's even huge for a triple-A game. So, but I—I I would say this is all composed by Sander van Zanten. He is a strangely enough a super-talented guy that walked into my office. It was just there was like a play test, like I think around six years ago and he just attended and I didn't know him at all, but he, he said like, I actually want to try games. And I like, we took that chance with each other and yeah, we, we got to this point and it wasn't always like this, the soundtrack, but we chose to, um, uh, I would say stick to influences like Hans Zimmer. Uh, and especially when you look at interstellar and, Of course, in space, you know, there's like a vacuum, so sometimes no sound is actually the correct way of doing it. But it doesn't necessarily bring you in a mood or in a, um, yeah, in a experience you want want to convey or something that you want to convey. And Sander really did a great job after uh, kind of hitting the spot with what does Deliver Us to Moon sound like, because he also did all the sound effects in the game uh, besides the composing. yeah, it, it it it's it's kind of resonated. So it's always like an ambient that's in the background, but it does drive you in a way, or yeah, makes uh, yeah characterizes the game on itself. I would say.
0: Well, nice. So as, you know, must, uh, Hans Zimmer is a very good choice. I think, <laughs> <laughs> Hans Zimmer uh, type, because I think especially for you know he he did the soundtrack for Interstellar. You mentioned as well, yeah. I believe, did it? Yes. So, no, again, from what I've heard of it, and 70 tr- tracks as well is pretty amazing. It's, um, yeah. So, um, yeah, look forward to, to hearing. Do you plan on releasing the soundtrack separately or is it available separately?
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's available separately and I think uh, it is going to be... Oh, I see it, yeah. Yeah, it's inclusive in the deluxe edition and uh, especially when uh, we get a retail release, although due to the Current situation that's a little tough, so a lot of delays on, uh, on like the whole uh, physical part of our release. But that also has the soundtrack included and a I think a hundred page art book eventually.
0: Oh, wow, that'd be nice as well. I mean, of course, uh, I think the delays are understandable given yeah. what's going on now. <laughs> um, and then with uh, regard to the gameplay, because uh, we spoke a little bit about it, but what sort of situations uh, can we find the, the well the astronaut in? Because I'm guessing it's not always safe up on the moon <laughs> by himself. Um, so what what type of situations can we find him in?
1: I uh, this is something uh, the game designers sometimes got like really. Um, yeah, I would say crazy about in a way like what does he mean? But I always said like I, I want a puzzle but I don't want a puzzle. So <laughs> and and this is something uh, even if my business developer is listening to this, he would he would laugh immediately because that's literally what I told the team. I d- didn't want to necessarily feel the puzzles are clear a puzzling way of 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 you know, uh something that doesn't really resonate with a real situation. So I said like it, We should try to stick to situations that are environmental hazards, something that can uh, be or or that overcomes you as an astronaut, maybe because there aren't other astronauts to help you out or if something like broke down or it wasn't maintained the right way. And I wouldn't say that every puzzle is like this, but there's we definitely took this in mind. So you're going to experience, I would say, light puzzling uh, in ways where you just need to around, for example, with life support, and if you turn it uh, turn it down or turn it off, then of course you have to take care of your oxygen at that moment, but it also ha- all works with those environmental hazard situations.
0: Okay, well, I'm looking forward to finding out then as well, and is it possible to die in this game? Because I, again, I imagine probably yes I... <laughs> yes definitely <laughs> um okay and now a game like this i am you know imagine it would have to look good look realistic and thankfully it seems like it does at least from trailers i've seen and screenshots so what can you tell us about how you constructed the look of the game and the engine that you use i believe you used is it unreal engine yeah. Yes. Uh, so, so, how did you go about designing the graphics then?
1: Well, um, it's a, I think it's a choice that is based on um, I, I really enjoy large experiences that you kind of play on your huge screen and and kind of forget your surroundings uh, even without putting on a, a VR goggles, but. Uh, that something uh, after my eSports time that uh, kind of resonated with me. So I played uh, a lot of story-driven games back then, like Mass Effect, the Bioshock series. And uh, I was always kind of, um, yeah, I really love good graphics in a way. And of course we can say like, yeah, there's a lot of pixel games that have good graphics because they create a good pixel uh, type of game or pixel visual. But to me, realism has some way of manifesting, and I wanted to make sure that the game looks just really good as as, as much as I can. So, and the Unreal Engine 4 is just amazing at it. It's uh, we we could because of the engine, we could focus a lot more also on uh, making a, a story correct or making our game systems work rather than working really hard to make the game stand out in this visual uh, novelty in that sense. So. Um, one of the the reasons that we also included RTX or uh, worked together with NVIDIA in the end is because that also catapulted the game into a new level of visual quality. So on PC, you can also now play the game with um, ray-traced shadows and ray-traced reflections and translucency that literally just makes it realistic. So it's realistic rendering rather than we have to fake it.
0: Mm. Yeah okay yeah again it um it it looks incredible as well that you know thankfully so with a game like this as you mentioned going for realism as well and yeah you mentioned just there how it looks with you know translucent on PCs but we mentioned at the top of the interview that it has just been launched on consoles yeah um, were there any uh, well first of all how did it come about that you were able to port the game to consoles and were there any challenges or anything that you had to think about before porting to consoles that maybe you didn't realize when you did? Or... Yeah, I have to
1: say um, the whole development of this game from like the kitchen table to now has been, I would say, like a rocky road. So you have to think like uh, we actually had to search for a office space uh, like even before we even started on showcasing this game to into the public so uh when we had that we had like a small like i think a state contribution that was kind of keeping us alive as a small three to four man team and what is um i would say what i'm really proud of is that um throughout this whole development period we eventually decided to do uh a kickstarter uh something that brought uh crowdfunding brought us to get I would say it was around 100,000 euros, something that was crazy for us as a developer back then. So we could invest a little more in hardware, invest a little more in um, people, but also in traveling, because I knew that if I wanted to raise the stakes on the game, if I want to uh, have this um, spotlight between the bigger games and try to maybe even come close to AAA, that was my kind of also goal like how can we blur this line you know is there a way that people are going to be uh saying like is this still a triple a game or is this a indie you know and i that that whole road brought us eventually to e3 microsoft really helped us out being showcased there finding a publisher back then who decided to invest a lot more into the game Um, we rose the team eventually to 10 to 15 to 21 people at some point that worked on the title, and uh, even and that was a really tough time. Is when we, uh, when the publisher and us decided, like the, you know, they had a lot of uh, issues on their own in their in their company, and eventually we decided to part ways. Uh, had to say goodbye to a lot of people in the studio again. We're back to around ten to twelve size people, and that's where we were on our own again. And that's where we also had a game that was not entirely finished so most people that see um, two kind of uh, versions on the internet or people that talk about it is like a fortuna version that's the version that we released ourselves back in 2018 without a i would say solid ending and with that we also saw that there's a huge amount of target audience also playing on console and they really demanded this so with that, and with that release, we kind of sought for a new publisher, and we found that in Wired Productions, a, uh, they're based in the, in London, the United Kingdom, and what they, they saw with us, that this game has a lot more potential than it was back then, and they said, like, let's get this to console, let's make sure that we um, uh, get this ending developed fully, and make sure that we get it the eyes it deserves, and since then uh we uh, yeah we we got to to kind of fully develop the entire potential of the product right now and yeah i i would say uh i i do speak about it very uh happy but there were times where you're like what am i doing you know but (laughs) um it's this this is all part of of like starting up and and I remember me saying, because there's just one big developer in the Netherlands, and it's called Guerrilla Games, who did Horizons or Dawn and them and, uh, and I said, so why aren't there any other big companies from the Netherlands? And of course, there are a huge amount of indies and, and companies that are doing super well or uh, are being very um, yeah renowned, but I would say uh, there wasn't any game or developer that kind of like broke through in triple a and i said like i'm gonna do that but now i know how tough that road is <laughs> to get there
0: no from what i've heard from other developers as well making games is hard <laughs> Especially if you want to, you know, complete your vision that you want to make, or as much of of your vision as possible.
1: Yeah, my brother and me always wanted to be astronauts and didn't want to (laughs) study rocket science. But then instead, we thought, let's make a game company because that's so easy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Maybe becoming an astronaut would have been easier. Going to the moon might have been easier. (laughs) Maybe. No, but but I think it's great that you know you mentioned there are some. You had some obstacles and challenges along the way, but you got there in the end. You got, you made, it sounds like you made a game that more or less that you wanted to make that looks great, plays well, and that you got a publisher to back to you in the end, you know, fully yeah. on consoles now. So, um, so it's, uh, well, d- and everybody lived happily ever after. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. That, in that, space. That's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, Um, and uh, at what point does the alien appear? (laughs) (laughs) I'm joking. I I haven't played the game. I hope that's not a spoiler, but it's, um, but no, that, that sounds great. I'm delighted to, to hear as well, because I'm sure it must have been uh, really difficult to release the game first without what you mentioned, a solid ending that, you know, it must have been really painful to, to have it up there without it, you know, having the proper ending that the game deserves. But yeah. Um, We
1: we have a very um, – I really love our community because they stuck up for us every time where we turned or where people were uh, complaining about stuff. We have a very strong community that kind of backs us, and they said, like, keep trust in them. It's hard, uh, but the fact that we eventually did it and and Mm -hmm. saw – especially when I see the results come in and the reception now uh, because – Honestly, this is the first time I think that most press are playing a start to finish product uh, because there's a lot more attention now on the console versions. And it shows. You can see that most press is very um, confused about the PC version because there seem to be two. and um, But there's a 2018 and a 2019 version. Uh, but with the consoles, that's not the case. So... Uh, I'm super happy that it scores. I think we're around an, an, an eight or a seven and a half right now, and it, I, I really love that. That's the that's what we worked for.
0: <laughs> oh, that's great. You're putting all your hard work now. <laughs> Are you seeing the results? So the the PC version that's available now that's the same or that similar to the console version? That's the one with the um, the, the new version, is that correct? The yeah, one that's there yeah, now. Definitely. Okay. I would,
1: I would even say, because of course, the, the, the older generation consoles, and I'm talking literally <laughs> about the PlayStation 4, or the Xbox One, they don't support the ray tracing part yet. This is some new feature for their next generation. But that's why I would say if you have a PC that has a, uh, a graphics card with RTX uh, capable, it's honestly it's a beauty on there. Uh, doesn't mean that the playstation xbox versions are not beautiful because they're they 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 still are but it's just Mm -hmm. that little bit of extra on a pc that's like whoa okay so this is what the next generation might look like
0: nice well i look forward to to checking it out and then did you um uh do do you have any are you able to say so this is now launched on on consoles as we said so uh, are you working on the game further? Do you have any future plans that you're able to say? I don't know what you're able to say, what you're not able to say. So <laughs> I, I will leave it up to you. So what can you tell us about uh, any possible future plans, either with this game or anything else you might be working on?
1: I I would say is um, we have... Um, we we along the way we got uh, a lot more cautious on on what we say because uh, <laughs> we 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 seem to be taken very seriously when we tell something and we're, people are gonna hold us on to it. But I would say um, uh, as an indie, it's extremely tough to kind of survive in this market. But uh, honestly, what we're we're trying to we're we're in this for the long run. So what I always say now is. Uh, we are definitely not done making games. So, um, sure, we want to continue. But, uh, and there's, I, I, maybe the best thing to say is there is, yeah, we're definitely working on something, but I can't say anything more.
0: <laughs> so, you're making on a game. Why do you go up to the moon yourself? Is, that's probably the <laughs> the exclusive you can say. That would be amazing, actually. If someone actually made a game from space. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, that's, that's amazing. I mean, yeah. Yeah, well there, there you heard it here first <laughs> um, yeah. well I look forward to checking it out myself because as I said from uh, I believe when I saw it last summer it's uh, it was still in the first version so I said oh no I'll wait actually because you're working I thought that you were working on the what well, the, the current version now and I read some comments from the community that Saying no, oh, no, you generally are working on it. So okay, I'll wait. So I think I'm glad I did. <laughs> yeah. Um. So is there? Well, f- first of all, where can people find out more about your your company and the game if they want to find out more about it?
1: I would say go to uh, deliverusthemoon dot com. Um. If you want to talk to us, uh, I think Twitter is the place where we, uh, we all are most responsive. So uh, publisher and us both. Uh, respond to mostly everyone um, occasionally we stream so on Twitch you can also uh, see us live and yes we are live in those blue suits we <laughs> even have green screens that we are walking on the moon ourselves so it's absolutely a, worth a try to see us make a fool of ourselves um, I would say um, yeah definitely uh, play it on the platform you love all of the versions are absolutely great I'm um, Super proud of the teams. Uh, so, and I hope uh, people enjoy it. And um, yeah, I would say uh, uh, that's it.
0: <laughs> no, great. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's available on multiple platforms now. And I see on DeliverusToMoon.com, you have also all the places where you can buy yeah. the game, which is a lot of places. So, yeah, you know, no, no exclusive <laughs> place here. Yeah. Um and actually I meant to ask at the beginning of the interview as well. Um, how did you co- end up coming up with the title Deliver Us to Moon? Because I love that title. It's um yeah. I, I do think it is better than Moon Man if I do say so myself. I think Not there's nothing wrong with that. But this feel this feels but more more very feels very intriguing.
1: Yeah, it's um uh yeah I remember have Moon Man was really about uh like a an astronaut or someone living on the moon and as long as this like progressed and we started to have that environmental message in there, it was like as if, as if the solution was there on the moon. So it's kind of cryptic in a way that we say like, deliver us the moon means like deliver us that solution there. Uh, of course. Um, but it kind of worked. It 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 felt the right title. And then at some point we just stuck with it. And it was honestly, it was very early on in the project that we stuck to it. It was I think in, even in 2015, after a year, and we, we started this whole project for a couple of months, we we already came up with it. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, well, as I said, uh, I really loved uh, the title. It's it really, really intriguing as well. So I, I look forward to checking out the game. Um, so thank you, Cohen. Um, and is there is there anything else that you'd like to say to people listening or anything at all that? Um, you know, I'll let you know before we finish.
1: Uh, well, first of all, thank you for having me. I enjoyed it, and um, happy to yeah. hear. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not sure, um, what the people are, uh, that listen to you, but it's, I, I maybe have one for both. It's like if you are a gamer and you uh, see these uh games come up, because there's many small devs right now that try to craft something, it's Honestly, you know, the consumer is extremely tough on you sometimes, but mm-hmm. they are actually doing anything and like everything they can to make sure that this works out. And uh, usually we're we're like tainted a little bit with the with the, um, you know, the the big triple A's that might be coming around in like a couple of days with a patch. But sometimes we just have a couple of people and we need a month to get this done. <laughs> Other than that, I would say if you are a developer, um, never give up because most people in development are here to make enjoyable experiences and to get you in a world that's not the one you're living in today, especially now, because now you can actually dive into worlds in lockdown. So uh, (laughs) I would say stay safe, everyone. (laughs)
0: Yeah, I think that's a great way to end on. Yes, know that, that the community I find is really, really good and really supportive. That at least with the adventure game community it doesn't seem to be, you know, that hugely competitive. It is, but they also support each other. The developers say, "Look at this great, great game." You know, check out this game, which is great to see. So
1: awesome. Yeah, maybe a little note there is. I've seen that our demographic, our target audience, sometimes is a little older than I expected. So. What we see oh. is a lot of like forty fifty year olds that are with their notepad next to their computer and play the game on this it, it's it's a kind of a, a a nice pace there's no real like quickness such as you know a Fortnite craziness it's it's li- literally you can take your time and sometimes they compare this to the old adventure games from back in the day so I don't know it's 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 maybe something I feel that maybe this community would love to hear <laughs> you know
0: that's so it's not an action game, not a fast-paced action Fortnite on the moon. <laughs> no, it's, there, there are actionable <laughs> moments, there are thrilling
1: moments, but it's I think most people will say, like, this is actually an exploration game that I can take time to, uh like, experience.
0: Cool, well, I look forward to... To checking it checking it out then and to go exploring the moon. It sounds, sounds probably safer than going outside on Earth yeah. at the moment. But, <laughs> <laughs> well, thank Great. you so much, Cohen. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you. I'm glad to hear you enjoyed it. It wasn't excruciating for you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, very best of luck with, in the future as well. And I look forward to hearing what you guys do next. All right. Hey, Thank you. And bye. Uh, thank you. So that was my interview with Kuhn. I hope you all enjoyed it. And thank you again to Kuhn for speaking to me. And um, you can get the game, as we mentioned, on PC. You can get it on Xbox and PlayStation. And I have the game in my library and I do intend to play it at some point. And I will then review it for the podcast as soon as I do play. It's been on my radar for a long time, so I'm looking forward to playing it and so that's it for this week next week i'll be joined once again as always by thomas and laura as we will be reviewing the latest adventure games that we've been playing so until then take care everyone goodbye